This is the Buyer Narrative brought to you by the Kingman Consulting Group, the number one podcast for managers and executives who want to explore the strategic and psychological frameworks that enable you to understand your customers and deliver experiences that foster brand loyalty and spark growth. Let's jump right into it. All right, welcome to the Buyer Narrative. I'm your host, Brian Cabisa. Today, we are joined with our guest, Camille Trent. She's the managing editor for Marketer Hire. Camille, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Brian. So I want to start off and kind of ask you how you became a managing editor and what a managing editor is from a brand perspective, because we don't hear that term often. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. So I started off uh, in copywriting, uh, went to school for copywriting, thought that I would be doing some more um, B2C stuff, like things that you would see on the TV. Um, And I did not do very much of that. I did some of it in school, but then uh, pretty much as soon as I got out, it was um, just B2B life for me. Um, And that was uh, in part because like the the clientele and the the businesses in in Houston were mainly B2B, mainly like B2B tech. So I worked a lot on um, enterprise uh, accounts, like for... Um, you know, HP, Linksys, that sort of thing. Um, so that's kind of how I got my start. Um, and then what I was doing there was like anything that kind of had to do with content. Um, uh, I probably did something something with it. So for instance, you know, case studies, websites, um, ads, social media posts, like uh, anything that was, you know, words, uh, basically, like I, I probably did something something with, but then also, um, you know, got exposed to like the brand side of things and like positioning and messaging that, um, that we would work with the, um, you know, product managers, um, and and product marketers on, um, you know, what, how can we position like these, these new products and how can we explain like these very like complex products, like servers, for instance. Um, so that's kind of like what I started out doing for a few years. Um, and it's, it's, I guess, unique in that, I started more as like a specialist, or at least I thought that I was a specialist. I don't think that I had like the experience to really like say, you know, I was an expert, I was a specialist, but um, but like pretty uh, narrow, I guess, like in yeah. my definition of sort of what I was doing. Um, and so whether I realized this or not, um, I think in retrospect, this is kind of how I explain it is that I was like, oh, I needed to take a step back. Like I needed to kind of like learn marketing and kind of like learn what happened like after we uh, delivered these assets after we delivered the content like how do you distribute it like is there a better way to create content can we be doing more digital things because um we were doing digital like i said we're putting together like websites and things like that but we weren't doing like a lot of um we're always doing like a lot of innovative like digital campaigns and stuff if we did it would be like you know um a cool backdrop and like show for a a big global event you know like that's where like the technology would come in and so um you know so very different from like the landscape um I think that you that you see now and this wasn't that long ago so so just to give you context I did that and then I um I kind of I worked for uh, two different small businesses in different kind of marketing roles still still touching content but you know started learning a little bit of local SEO um a little bit of just building websites in general, just basic WordPress sites, um, learn, just learning like the tech side of things, learning social media side of things, you know, learning how to measure ads, even if they were traditional ads, like just basically making sure that I could um, measure like my impact or like or my value, and especially in like a smaller company, they're, you know, counting those 
those dimes and those pennies on like what we're spending on, on marketing and also looking for opportunities of like, okay, what was I grandfathered into? You know, like what things can we cut basically um, that, that haven't been working or that, um, you know, um, that we could be using better. Um, so that's kind of like the whole background. And then, um, and kind of brings us up to present of, I started just um, t- testing things like um, <laughs> online. Um, when what that means is basically, you know, playing around with, with LinkedIn, like using my, my personal name, like using like me of being like, okay, how can I figure out how we can leverage this for, for a company page and perhaps like for our salespeople. Um, and so, yeah, so it was really just me testing that and, you know, and, and realizing like, oh man, I, I had kind of gotten away from like, um, creating as much content, like on a daily basis. It was less, it was a smaller part of my job, um, when I was in marketing, but I was still, um, doing freelance, uh, copywriting and things on the side. And so, so basically I just started, you know, creating, creating in public. Um, and that was, it turned out to be a really positive thing for lots of reasons, but, um, but I realized that I liked it. I was like, Oh, this is, it's kind of nice to just be forced to, <laughs> um, to forced to like create like a new content or at least like a new angle on existing content every day and sort of yeah. exercise that like short form muscle, like with that. And so, so I realized, um, you know, that, that I enjoyed that. It kind of like pushed me to um, use different brain <laughs> muscles. And um, and then I just got to connect with a lot of cool people. Like I, you know, would find people um, that I liked, like the content they were putting out. And then it made me think about things in a different way. I would like reach out and have have a call with them and stuff. And many of them like marketers, many of them content marketers. So I was learning a ton um, and then able to also like, you know, show what, uh, what I do and sort of like how I think through things. And so, um, I think when you do that, you like attract, you know, like-minded people. And so whether it was, you know, people that are reaching out about, um, freelance. And so I got a few, few clients that way. Um, or, um, in the case of like marketer hire, um, you know, like seeing the type of writing that I could do and like the way I think that I thought through things. And then that gave me an opportunity to, to apply to that job, um, just from like inbound outreach, um, from, from my boss, Tracy. So shout out to her for, uh, for giving me a shot. And, um, yeah. And so, I mean, I did a few, I still had, you know, had to prove that uh, I could do the job and, you know, did uh, a long form, uh, long form, like blog for that and like editing project. And so, yeah, but then that's, that is really like how, um, how I got the job was, was really just being like active, um, on LinkedIn and that, you know, opened up the opportunity, like to, to apply and then you know you still have to still have to apply and meet all of that criteria but that that brings me to now and so um my, my job description is like a little bit different i would say than like the average uh, managing editor i'm actually friends with um the the person who who runs the managing editor.com <laughs> site and so we're talking a little bit about like what is that what is this what's the standard like for this job like what does it mean and uh and how it's like so different at different at different organizations and stuff and so um, I think like uh, in, in a lot of organizations um, and kind of the more traditional uh, definition would be, you know, that there is um, a an, uh, an editor that manages a team of writers um, and um, does like the, the the technical edits and and maybe even the outlines that they give them, like the briefs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it depends on different organizations. I think sometimes like there's a you know, content strategist or an SEO um, and then there is like the the managing editor or you know head content person that sort of sets the calendar and manages the calendar 
Um, and then you know, assigns to writers and then like does the edits on that. But when I came in, um, we had, we already had a senior editor who was like, who was like our technical editor for all the content that, that came through. And, and she's like, she's amazing. Like she's like, wait, I'm, I'm not even going to like say that um, I'm to her level. Cause um, I'm not like in, in like the editing realm. Um, and so, so she's like, she as does all that, that editing. And then basically like as a team, like when we first like came on, we would um, have a con- content briefs and we would pitch ideas for stories. And so, you know, pretty like flat structure, which I loved um, of like us all just being able to feel like we could contribute and pitch stories. And so we had that. And then we also had, you know, more brand or product like centered um, stories that we needed to do. Right. And so, um, so for my job specifically, it's a mixture of like copywriting, social, um, and then like content, content writing. Right. And so um, what that means is that like I manage our LinkedIn and our Twitter um, and I work with whoever created the story. Sometimes that's me um, to, to break, uh, you know, break up that story into um, for the platform, right. Like into a format that fits the platform. So that's what I do there. And then on the copywriting um, side, it can be decks. So like sales decks, it can be like sales enablement pieces, like um, landing page copy. So for instance, when we, when we launched our um, webinar, which that was another fun, fun thing for me too, because that was something I was like passionate about. It's like, it'd be great if we can get more video content and then we can cut it up for social. Like it just, it helps us like start that, that content engine. Um, but I got to, um, you know, write all of like the bios for the guests and then also like the landing page, um, for people to sign up. Um, so really just like helping to launch that. Um, so that's another example of, of what I would consider copywriting. And then, um, yeah. And then on the content writing side, um, yeah, so sometimes I, I do the briefs like, um, for, um, for myself and, and for, um, for other things that we do, but then. Um, a lot of times, like I'm just focused on like the my more like long form like SEO um, type content for that, um, and then again like starting with kind of like the things that we can own. Like this is something I'm really passionate about with content is like what where's that intersection of like relevancy and um, you know and and our product and um, you know questions that people are actually asking about, right? Like how can you find like that uh, thing where you can really like own and, and focus on and then build around that. Like once you've kind of like built a moat and so, yeah, so it's, it's a mixture of, of all those things. Um, and it, it's been like a pretty good balance in that um, our, our other editor, who's now our editor in chief um, came from a, a journalistic background. Um, and so she's, she's like amazing at creating, um, you know, trend pieces and like true, like reporting type pieces. Right. And so we have like a mixture of that. And then we have more of like the explainers and like how to's um, that, that I'm creating to kind of create like a good balance, like um, to appeal to, to audience and, and like new trends. Um, and then to be able to, you know, cover our bases with, okay, how, how do you get started? Like with marketing, how do you like elevate marketing? Um, yeah. And that kind of, in a nutshell, is what I do. Awesome. More than a nutshell, sorry about that. <laughs> no, I mean it's good context. And I really think that's that's an interesting way to do it. I know there's this this concept that a lot of brands are moving towards of being media companies and not just marketers. So it seems like you guys have a good combination of all. Um and, and in terms of content, I really think, you know, with B2C, I, I feel like maybe you don't agree. I feel like there's a little bit or they have a little bit easier because 
on the scales of education versus entertainment with B2C, a lot of people are looking more for that, that entertainment. You can be a lot more creative, right? You just need to stay in mind and memory, maybe show them something cool about the product. But for the most part, you're just like, can you get a laugh? Can you get a smile? Can you get somebody to think about this, to want to share it? With B2B, it's more like our product is the best in the world at doing this or that. Or like, did you know? Did you know? There's, you know, you come from a, from a perspective of trying to educate and, you know, hearing those kind of messages over and over again may not be that interesting in, in a lot of cases. So how do you find ways to, to really actually get people interested in what you want to talk about for brands? Yeah, so um, I think just knowing that what works for B2C um, doesn't, doesn't exactly translate, but you can yeah. learn a lot from B2C, right? So it's like, okay, maybe they need more than just inspiration, right? Like the right. same exact like Instagram play like might not work uh, in B2B, but like how can we insert, you know, feeling and story and like, um, you know, this a movement basically. So um, when you introduced the question, I immediately thought about, um, uh, an episode that we had recently on, on marketer live. So <laughs> not to, uh, not to plug that specifically, but that was a shameless plug. So, um, we had a guest, uh, Claire Graves, who is the president of, um, the Webby awards. Right. And so, uh, the Webby awards for, for everyone that doesn't know is, um, uh, is like a, a show, like a, a global like show that kind of showcases the best of the internet. Right. It's like an award show for, um, internet type campaigns. And so she was on and we kind of asked her about, you know, what is good marketing? Like what, what does good marketing look like? And she, she said almost exactly what you said of, um, you know, for B2B it's, it's education. And then for B2C it's, um, it's yeah making you feel something and like it, and it can be good. It can be happy or sad. Um, but then also, yeah, like this feeling of like making you want to like join a movement and stuff, but um, so, okay. So how do we like apply that to B2B, um, knowing that, you know, bettering their, bettering themselves and like bettering, um, you know, the, the company and like their job and revenue, like that, those are themes that like need to need to be in B2B to justify even like the, the cost of like a lot of B2B type, type products, right. Is, mm. um, making sure that there's business, there's value for the business, like, um, who's, uh, you know, credit card, like you're going to be selecting at the end. <laughs> so so you right. need that part, right? But then you, you're you still selling to humans, right? And so you still need like an emotional pull and stuff. And so so there it's like, okay, um, you know, finding who has the pain point and like the, like the real pain point of like um, that that will evoke like that that feeling of like, oh, like I really hate like this part of my like day. And then like, um, and then it's like, it's a feeling like that there's a business outcome attached to it. Um, but, but there's like a feeling of like, oh, you know, when... I am updating my sales notes. I'm I'm not selling, and then I'm, I'm stressed about not hitting quota. And so, like, um, if I'm able to, you know, save time um, with with something like with like Dooley um, of being able to like take those notes and not have to deal with Salesforce and like that stress of my day, um, then like it, it, you're you're talking to like the the feeling like rather than like just um, just the facts. And then you right. and then as humans like when we're buying something, we back it up with the facts of like, oh, okay, now I can tell like my manager or whoever else that has to like sign that like, this is going to save us, you know, X amount of time, like across our sales force. Um, and it's going to be like a net positive and it's going to, you know, pay itself off in terms of ROI. But like the reason that I want it <laughs> is because like, 
um, it makes my life easier, right? And so, like finding those those ways that you can you can speak speak to the emotion. And then before I forget, there was um, another part of this, and I think I already forgot. So, um, so yeah, there's there's one example. No, I mean, I think that's great because like I talk about customer experience as kind of the perception that a customer has of a brand. So a lot of that is shaped by the the words that you use. You know, you talk about, you know, within content, it really comes down to words, you know, whether it's the video, whether it's audio, whether it's writing, a blog post, long form, short form, it's words. So like, how do you find the right words to convey emotion, especially when, you know, attention spans for especially when you're trying to introduce your brand for the first time and getting a little bit lower and lower every, every year because people are inundated with, with more and more messaging from all sides. Yeah. I mean, that's like the ultimate question, right? Is like, what <laughs> words like do you put like on, on your website? And so I think like, it's about backing, backing it up first and like making sure that, you know, you understand the the business strategy, like what, you know, where you're trying to get um, as a business. And then also the, um, the positioning, right? So, like, where where's like the, the unique place in the market um, that you you can own, right? Like, and what's that thing that your product does a little bit better than others? Like, I was just listening to a to a podcast with um, Tim Solo where he talks a little bit about this, and he talks about how you know, like, just straight up, like, we're not necessarily. I, he's like, I I would be like too biased in saying that we're the best like SEO product, right? He's like. But there's certainly like things that we are the best at, right? And it gave the example of like backlinks, you know, like if you're trying to track your backlinks or, um, you know, understand, um, you know, your backlink portfolio, like we are the best in that. He's like, I feel confident in saying that. He's like, and then there are other tools that are nice, like add-ons. And, um, but, you know, if, you, if you're this certain type of customer that cares the most about that, then that's where I'm going to like play. And so then when he creates content, he like numbers it in terms of like one, two, three, um, and three being like, I guess the best in this case where it's the most aligned with the ideal customer. Right. And so content about backlinks, like is going to be like the most aligned, like with what the product can offer and like with what the target customer wants to see and like wants to learn about. Right. And so he's going to prioritize that type of content rather than like um, creating a content calendar, like which is right. something that they can help with, um, but it's like a little bit less aligned, right? It's like a little bit less like relevant. And so just, you know, prioritizing that that type of content first. What do you feel like is, is a good source to get the insight into what, you know, what is relevant? Is it mostly trial and error? A/B testing, or you know, talking to customers. Like, what methods have you found useful? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I realized that I didn't totally even answer answer your question before, and this will help answer. It. That's so, how I get to talk on these things too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so finding like the right words like to use for the customers. Um, I know, I know that everyone's like heard this answer now, but it's really the truth of like talking to your customers, right? Um, because uh, especially like at cert- at different points, like in the journey too, right? Like. Right. talking to like prospects and figuring out what type of questions that they're answering and like are, are asking and um what would be a win for them right like what's their real pain like because mm-hmm. it might be asked in like again like the the business outcome um or something that they think that they need to ask um but find out like what's like the thing that's like keeping them up at night or what's the thing that um they're spending too much time on that you can solve 
Um, so digging into that and digging into, um, again, like the, the thing that's most relevant, like with your product, but then if you've written a lot of content on that, like figure out what else they care about too. Right. And like, it might give you hints into where else you can distribute that content too, because it's where else they hang out and what other, you know, TV shows they like or whatever. Um, although that might, might not be super relevant for B2B, but, um, going back over to like the customers. So you have like, you have existing customers, right. And so that point, like in which like there's a light bulb moment of like, whoa, like this is even better than like I thought it was going to be when I signed up for it. And this is, this really like solved the problem. Like I was hopeful, but now I'm like, just like shocked. And like, it's because of X, Y, and Z, you know? So, so asking those follow-up questions of like, um, you know, why, like, um, why, uh, like, why was this a win for you? Like, what does your life look like now? Right. Like really like that compare and contrast. Like I love for case studies of like, what were you doing before? You know, what, what, how did you get to us or how'd you decide that we were a good fit? And then what does your life look like now? Like illustrate it for me. And so I think it's in those conversations and whether it's about the product or just like about, you know, a separate conversation, like capturing like the excitement um, or even like the frustration that they have and then like using their own words and how they describe it. Right. Like, is it, was it a light bulb moment? Like, was it like a, a huge, like, um, uh, like weight lifted, you know, like right. how do they describe like the feeling of your product and then the feeling before their, their product. Yeah. Yeah. Getting back to how you were saying earlier with, you know, you do have to educate, but you know, we're not all necessarily making decisions based off of X and Y numbers. We also yeah. are going through something and we want to know that, you know, we're going to get, whatever weight lifted, or we're going to get whatever benefit we really care about deeply yeah. before we well, want to look at numbers. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, uh, and like the, the capturing the transformation, I guess, is like the best way that I could summarize, like everything I just said is like, what, uh, what did that journey look like of like, where did you start? You know, like, how was the process of, of signing up or whatever? And then how is it now? And then even like, a year later, like how did, like, what were the business outcomes and the results of that? And so I think if you can show like that story of transformation, that's really what's going to appeal to other people that you're wanting to attract or other people that are a good fit um, because they'll, they'll see themselves in that, you know, when they hear the story and they're like, Oh, I'm at this stage right now. And that's the exact stage that this person was at, but they were able to get from over here, which is the you know exact place that I want to go. And so, you know, I think like the more that people can see themselves in the copy um, and that you can show that you know them, you know, because you've helped other people like them, that it's, it can be that simple. Yeah. Yeah. And it's difficult from the brand perspective to distill it down to just, you know, the details of the moment and the actual transformation rather than the work that was done. Like I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I talk, but I'm, I'm pretty introverted. So even for me, I feel myself getting into the detail because I really want to show and prove, you know, this, this is exactly why that worked. This is why this didn't work. But, you know, from a reader perspective, sometimes before we want to even listen to any details about anything, we want to actually feel ourselves and feel ourselves being relevant to the story, what happened. We want to see ourselves in the story. So like, do you ever get into situations where you're working with maybe writing a piece, you know, where you're at now or in the past, where, you know, you really have to get away from the details and get really to the heart of the story. And, and do you have any kind of advice for how the listeners could do that for their own content? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So there's like three things, I guess, that came to mind. Like 
the first one is just stepping away, like realizing, you know, when you're hitting, hitting a wall or when you're kind of like, um, stuck in like recency bias or like your own, like, you know, company bias. Um, and you know, just, just taking a break and and literally coming back to it like the next day or sleeping on it if you need to. So that um, was the first thing. And then the other thing I think is that this is the, um, this is why you have like an editor too. Right. And so having like a separate person, um, that, that can look at it with fresh eyes. Right. And, um, and being able to tell you, um, you know, if it makes sense from a story standpoint, like if it makes sense from a line by line standpoint, um, I really think like, yeah, the value of having that. And then, you know, in my case, like being pretty lucky in that our, um, director of marketing, like came from like a rich, like, um, content marketing background as well. And so she's usually the final eyes on things. And it's interesting because we all come about it from a different way. Like we usually yeah. like all bring something um, to to the piece, like in terms of looking at it and giving feedback, and um, and and that's good, like to an extent. So having having that, um, but then also like being able to ship it too, right? And so like ha- having like an, an editor's eyes, and um, uh, but but ultimately like being able to still. Um, still get it out and see like the merit of the different, the different arguments or comments. Um, but, um, but being able to just chip it out only because I think that your customer, um, or the, the audience like is your best editor ultimately. Right. And so they're gonna, their reaction like to, to the piece, um, and you know, their, their comments and their questions, um, like being able to take that and make it into like a feedback loop of, okay, do I need to change something that maybe is um, hopefully not inaccurate, but like something that's unclear, you know, um, within the story or is this, you know, feedback that I need to take into consideration for next time? Um, Or is this an indicator that we need to do more of this content? So just not forgetting that step. And that is one reason that I like um, being able to span in my current role, like being able to kind of like, be on the social side of things, but then also be like on the long form side of things. Cause I do think that it's helpful and that um, being able to see that feedback loop and then even responding like to people that have questions um, to really dig into the why. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and that's great. And I, I really want to talk about uh, the content in the, in the, in the terms of, after your past getting customer acquisition, you have customers now, you told them, you know, this is the transformation that you can experience. They bought into it. They have the product. Now, is there, are there other ways that you can think of where people can use content to really engage the current customer? Because I feel like, you know, activating current customers, not only to retain them, but then finding other ways to kind of get them to move more throughout your ecosystem is kind of a big area that brands are not focusing on as much right now. And so I'm kind of interested if you have any thoughts on, on how content can really help with that. Yeah. So I think it was, I think it was Chris Walker that, that had said recently that one of the ways that he knows that the content is good uh, or judges the content is if it appeals to his current customers as well. So like it, it should appeal to, to prospects and customers um, because they're, if they're all kind of like in your ICP, right. Cause they all have, the same, the same problems. And then hopefully with your current customers, you know, you're, you're helping to solve those, um, a specific part maybe of those Mm -hmm. problems, but, 
um, in kind of like the the more broad, um, I guess some people would call like top of funnel yeah. type content, right? Like um, that stuff is still going to be relevant to to both sides, right? Just talking about marketing and the marketing landscape, and you know current questions that people are having about you know like the Google Core update or like the iOS update, you know. Um, yeah. Those are like things that are on everyone's mind, regardless of whether they're a customer or not. And so, yeah. So to answer your question, I think absolutely you can you can use content and should use content for the customers. I think a few ways to do that are um, so you can you create templates. Like we we do a little bit of this of um, of creating um, templates or even what I'd call like customer success like enablement. So instead yeah. of like sales enablement, like mm-hmm. ask that point of like. Okay, now that you um, are working with, you know, a marketer, hire freelancer, like here are some best um, practices, you know, for for working with them. And here's like a template you can use. And, um, you know, that that sort of thing of like what, what to expect and, um, you know, what things to talk with them about, like when in the briefings, you know, so just making sure that it really it really helps both sides to do this because you're you're making sure that you're setting expectations right um, yeah. on on all sides of and making sure that they're going to have a good experience with you um, and that they're going to get the most like out of the product. And again, like going back to, to Ahrefs and Tim Solo, they do a really good job of this um, in that their, their content, you know, talks about SEO, but then also talks about how to use their product for SEO, like within their content. So it really works across the board. You, I could go in, um, you know, even before I was a user and learn something about backlinks um, but within that content, you'll also see, okay, how do I use this tool to get better at it? And so that might convince me like, oh, I should use this tool um, so, so that I can right. go faster. But it also might help the, the current customer on like, okay, how can I use this, this tool that I already have to solve this new use case? Yeah, yeah. Because I think that's a big part of it in customer success one of the, you know, the biggest things they have to do is convince the customer to actually use the products to the full extent of what it can provide them. Because, you know, they, they buy into it from the beginning, the excitement kind of peaks up right before they make the purchase. And then they're, they're with the product and even in a service, it's like, okay, I have the service now. And, you know, do I actually know how to use it? And so, yeah. you know, half a churn sometimes is just that the customer didn't fully use the product didn't feel really like any real reason to fully use the product and then just kind of went to something that seemed easier. So it's really yeah. important to do those kinds of things. Uh, and, and you you guys have a newsletter, is that, right? is that how you uh, kind of communicate the most with your current customer base? Yeah, so, um, so I mean, that's a good example of content that like spans, you know, across the board too, right? So that's one that, um, that May writes, our, our editor-in-chief, and it really is like capturing like, and addressing the the current news right from yeah. from the week before um it's every tuesday so it's a weekly um so t- today is actually uh, this when it's our last one is sending but um but yeah so it's it's the type of stuff like where if there's a new update again like to google or to um, ios or something that's going to affect advertisers like we're going to address that and um, have like a an expert interview Right, like with somebody in that field that can really answer those questions um, that people are having but not answering, you know, like uh, yeah. when people are just stressing out about a new thing. Um, so we'll do that with like an expert interview. We'll do like, you know, a, a tweet of the week um, and we'll do um, kind of like a section of 
of headlines, um, basically like of, of different news links, you know, um, with something, um, usually like something kind of funny about that. Um, so it truly is like a newsletter in that, you know, it covers kind of, um, the trending topics like within the marketing uh, arena, which is helpful for customers. And then it's, it's helpful for prospects. It's helpful for, uh, even our freelancers. So we're kind of in a unique business in that it's a marketplace, right? So we have like our customers and then I have like, um, and then we have our, our marketing freelancers and then like together, it's kind of a community of people, right? That are kind of asking the same questions or are interested in, in similar things. And so it's a good way to, to one, like kind of create that community and then um, two, like establish ourselves as, um, you know, someone that can help answer those questions and that's um, like a thought leader um, in the field. Um, but then, yeah, address like, a, a bunch of different audiences, right? right. Um, from like marketing leader to like founder to freelancer. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's really important to do that. And you, you mentioned community. I think that's a big part of what people are sort of looking for, especially, you know, finding ways to unlock it within B2B, you know, cause it doesn't, it doesn't have to be transactional. You know, I think we, we sort of assume it is cause it has been for a while. But I think that's a good thing digital has has opened up, especially LinkedIn, where, you know, even leaders of B2B companies now can just talk about, you know, this is what I ate today. <laughs> like, talk about a funny story. It doesn't have to necessarily always be the, the education, uh, which is the lane we're usually in. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the thing with community that that I've realized or just the way that I think about it is it doesn't have to be like a Facebook group or a Patreon for it to be a community. Right. Like you can find community on LinkedIn. You could find it on Twitter. Um, you could find it within your company. Right. Like you could find it in like um, a Slack channel, like whether or not it's like free or paid. So you're absolutely right. I think you, it doesn't need to be a paid exclusive group for it to be community. Yeah. All right. So the last last one I have for you today is just as as people are just kind of thinking about how they can better use content and you know, this year, next year, what are some of the, like the high level things that people get focused on? I think today we talked a lot about relevancy, kind of using what you know about current customers and trying to hit people. You didn't say this specifically, but I do know from, from what you're talking about, you're using a few different channels, doing those kinds of things, which I think is also important. Anything else that you could think about that people should just kind of take away as they're trying to use content specifically for B2B in order to really reach out to current and uh, potential customers. Yeah, um, yeah, cool. Okay, so I'll just try and recap some of the, the points, but I think um, one of the things that I that I go back to a lot that I've, that I've already said is, and that brings us back to, I think the first question was, um, it's not, it doesn't have to be like, uh, B2B is education, you know, B2B, B2C is, is feeling, like there, there should be, feeling uh in your b2b content and uh one way that i put this the other day that seemed to resonate was um you know you don't have to be a lifestyle brand to write copy with a pulse right and so just (laughs) aiming for um that 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 feeling and connection like between people um and i think you don't get that unless you're talking to customers like unless you know um what what they need to hear and what they're struggling with and what um, you know, what they're celebrating too. Like it doesn't, doesn't always have to be like poking the bear um, or 
you know, poke, poking like the wound too. Like it's, right. it's partly like <laughs> celebrating uh, with them as well. And so I think like the more, the more human that we can be like in our content um, and that's, you know, the, the empathetic part of finding out what they want to talk about uh, instead of, you know, being that, that person in the conversation, like, or it's just, it's just me, 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 like I'm just talking about my product and like our growth, you know, um, but really like flipping, flipping it around and and saying like your growth, you know, like your product, like uh, your successes um, and making sure that you're being like that, that person, that person in the relationship, right. Um, yeah. That's, that's giving. Um, and I think that you can't, you can't give, the right thing or give something that's valuable unless you understand the person. Exactly. It's back to understanding the customer. Real Trent. Thanks for, awesome. thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate yeah, it. So much. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brian. This is blast. Awesome. Where can people get in contact with you if they want to kind of learn more, get a little bit more of your tidbits? Yeah. I mean, so the best place is still probably um, LinkedIn. So you can, you can send me a, a, a DM or just, follow my content and um you can if you comment i'll try to to respond as well especially if it's in, like in the first first uh few like hours or minutes and so yeah linkedin is the best place awesome i'll leave that down in the description all right thanks everyone for listening to the buyer narrative see you next time